data offerings. These new website sessions aim to provide more ESG resources and information to the investors, including the access to the ESG ratings mm. of over 200 companies that are constituents of our ESG indices. And, uh, we, yeah. and just very quickly, because we're, we're running out of time, let me also ask you, have you got any, are you planning any indices linked to the Greater Bay Area? Uh, actually, we already launched a very comprehensive Greater Bay Area in the series. We got around 20 indices in the series. Uh, you're right that uh, we will promote this one and, and try to do more on this. Daniel, thank you very much for coming onto the programme this morning. That's Daniel Wong, Director and Head of Research and Analytics at the Hang Seng Indexes Company. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets around Asia, stocks are still surging. The ASX 200 is up about 1%. The Nikkei 225 has advanced 1.2% in Japan. In South Korea, the Cosby is up about 0.9%. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng Index will add about 50 points at the open, which will give a starting point for the index of about 25,150 or so. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil a little bit firmer at $45.59 a barrel. And gold is also up a couple of dollars in Asian trading at $1,900. $145 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do stay tuned for back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Jim Gould. The weather forecast is going to be mainly cloudy, relatively low visibility at first. We'll be very hot with sunny periods and one or two showers during the day. Maximum temperature is going to be about 34 degrees. The very hot weather warning is in force and it's going to remain very hot tomorrow, apart from some isolated showers and then sunny intervals and a few showers during the weekend and early next week. It's 30 degrees right now, 85% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. There's been international condemnation of the use of what German experts say was a military-grade nerve agent to poison the prominent Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel said it was an attempt to silence the opposition politician. She said the world was waiting for answers from the Kremlin after scientists said they'd proved he was poisoned with Novichok. She told the news conference that only the Russian government could explain how Mr Navalny fell ill on a domestic flight last month. Dieses Gift lässt sich zweifelsfrei in den Proben nachweisen. The presence of this poison was discovered without any doubt. Therefore, it is now certain that Alexei Navalny is the victim of a crime. The attempt was to silence him, and I condemn this. We expect the Russian government to give an explanation. There are now grave questions which only the Russian government can and must answer. The United States has imposed further sanctions on the chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, Fatou Ben Souda. The Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, announced a freeze on any U.S.-related assets held by Ms. Ben Souda and her top aide, Fakiso Mochichoko. Mr. Pompeo described the ICC as a kangaroo court, accusing it of targeting Americans by continuing its investigation into possible U.S. war crimes in Afghanistan. The International Criminal Court a thoroughly broken and corrupted institution. The United States has never ratified the Rome Statute that created the court, and we will not tolerate its illegitimate attempts to subject Americans to its jurisdiction. The ICC described the sanctions as an unprecedented and serious attack on the international criminal justice system and the rule of law. Britain's Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle have signed a contract to produce programmes for the streaming giant Netflix. The couple, who moved to California after stepping back from royal duties, said they wanted to create content that informed but also gave hope. Here's the BBC's Gareth Barlow. 
When Harry and Meghan parted ways with royal life and royal funding, many were left wondering what commercial ventures they might pursue. The combination of a proven Hollywood star and an international star in the form of a prince made broadcasting an obvious choice. The multi-year deal will reportedly see the couple produce a variety of programmes, from documentaries to children's shows, for the platform's almost 200 million subscribers. How much the contract is worth, like so many things in royal life, is private. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chivers and your co-host today, Jim Gould. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. Today, a recycling on the decline and the future of Uber in Hong Kong. The Environmental Protection Department says a food waste recycling plant at its uh, eco-park in Tunmun has stopped operations in July after failing to meet the recycling targets specified in its lease. Meanwhile, plastic recyclers around town are also struggling to survive with reports that 90% of some smaller operators have gone out of business. Why is recycling in such trouble? What kind of support is needed from the government? Is there anything the community can do to contribute? And then after 9.15, we're going to be talking about the future of the car hailing application Uber, as 24 Uber drivers have lost their appeal for uh, uh, carrying passengers without a car hire permit. Will Uber stick around? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you. OK, just before we get started on that, uh, a few emails relating to uh, yesterday's uh, topic. We were talking about the mass testing programme for COVID-19. Of course, uh, uh, the administration is encouraging everybody to take part. Uh, part of the aim of it is to find people who may be uh, contagious, who may not be showing any symptoms, and to break uh, the chain of silent transmission. Um, but there is uh, there are arguments about how effective it's going to be. Um, Paul Zimmerman writes, uh, so the entire exercise is to find three or so people who might be contagious for a week. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, this one from Bruce writes, uh, when will we hear how many positive results from uh, Tuesday's tests, uh, please? Um, well, uh, actually, the Centre for Health Protection said uh, last night that uh, so far there'd been no uh, positive results produced um, and that is from uh, 49,000 samples which have been tested by the mainland laboratories um, who uh, are undertaking this work. Um, so far 798,000 people have registered for the tests and 278,000 people have actually uh, given samples. Oh and uh, a further email, uh, this one from Colin says is horse racing starting on the 6th of September? If so, they seem to be operating outside current COVID-19 restrictions. I guess money talks. What about other sports? Swimming pools, golf, etc. Um, Hugh, you know a bit about horse uh, racing. <coughs> That's right. Uh, some of them are opening. Swimming pools are definitely closed. And then golf courses will be will be open because there's, there's no contact. Um, and for the jockey club, yes, that's right. The racing will begin, <coughs> excuse me, on uh, uh, 6th of September. Um, carrying on through the month. It opens in Sha Tin. Uh, the, there are restrictions, though, uh, for, the, uh, for the meetings, at, at least from the 6th of September. 
uh, and they say that apart from trainers, jockeys, club officials and stewards, only horse owners with starters and one accompanying guest uh, will be admitted to the race courses. So uh, not open to the public, uh, in essence, just the sort of people involved uh, will be uh, taking part. But yes, the uh, the racing uh, does continue. One more email as well on uh, the issue of schools. Um, this is from uh, A, who says, uh, one of the drawbacks of e-learning is the dehumanisation of students. In a traditional classroom, you're a human being, but on Zoom, you're just a small rectangle on a 15-inch screen. More students in Hong Kong should listen to this programme. They'll be able to learn from your intelligent conversations more than from their morning Zoom lessons. Parents, are you listening? Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you very much indeed for those kind words. To today's topic, uh, that of uh, recycling uh, food and... uh, 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 food waste and plastics uh, as well. We're joined now by Professor Jonathan Wong, Head of the Department of Biology at the Baptist University, Edwin Lau, who's Executive Director of the Green Earth, and Alan Wong, who's Vice Chairman of the Hong Kong Scrap Plastics uh, Association. Once again, our number 233 uh, Professor Wong, maybe we start with you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much Good indeed for, for, for joining us today. Tell us what's happened with this food recycling plant at... Uh, in Chun Mun. It's quite a, it was quite a big one, wasn't it? What was the problem? Uh, now, uh, I only indirectly hear the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, not exactly know exactly what's happening, but uh, I was uh, uh, executive director, non-executive director of the board uh, since after 2014. I resigned for it. So I know a little bit the operation. Basically, uh, it's like quite a big plant. The plant owners also really ambitious. Would like to help to reduce the food waste in Hong Kong by converting into fish sweet. I think that's really good because they spend their money, invest it, and hopefully they can also uh, build a good business and recycle the food waste in Hong Kong. But uh, the business environment, environment and also the situation of the policy from the government may not be really uh, favor for their activity, their investment. The reason why is really simple. In Hong Kong, basically, you invest in recycling industry. It depends on your own, most likely. The government is only indirectly provide some kind of support, like you can hire the land in Eco Park at a lower range. But all others will depend on yourself. They mean from collection, transportation, and then converting into feed. Uh, the investor need to pay everything. So in a recycling industry, this does not work because it's more expensive than using the raw material direct from overseas rather than using recycling food waste. So in this situation, I think the company been struggling for quite some time, but finally I think that that's not a good business for them. They lose too much money and then they, I think they, they close the facility. So if the recycling companies are expected to do everything like that, then it sounds uh, not a very op- optimistic situation. Uh, exactly. If the government is not going to change the policy, I, I don't think the recycling industry can survive easily. But uh, lately, the government changed their way in dealing with the collection and recycling of uh, recyclable. They now understand that the way upfront for collection and then transporting to the treatment facility, this should be the job of the government. So the government should pay for it rather than the recycler paying for it to get the raw material for feed production. So I think they changed their mentality in this direction and they start already paying the recycler to collect uh, recyclable like plastic and paper 
and then go to the treatment facility. So in that case, upfront, the money spent on collection and transportation basically bear by the government. Because so, the, yeah. the, yeah, the government pays to take uh, garbage to the landfill. So, yeah, so, you know, it's logical, it's logical that it should uh, pay to take um, materials to recycling centres. So that's why you are correct. You are very correct. Because right at the beginning in Hong Kong, all our waste are collected by the government and they go to the landfill site. Who pay for it? The government. So that means this amount of money allocated for the treatment of our solid waste. In fact, it's paid by the government. But when the recyclers come into the market, they pay for everything. So make it a really simple uh, strategy. The government take this amount of money out. That original, they pay for the collection and then go to the landfill side. Give it to the recycler. The whole business can run by itself without any more subsidy from the government. This particular case was food waste, wasn't it? Are there special problems associated with that? With dealing with food waste? I mean, will, will the government, you know, in their plans, would they deliver food waste to a company like this in future? Uh, a current mode is that for those plans uh, being built by the government, that means it's a DBO contract, then the government pay for everything. That means the government uh, call for a tender, and then there will be a technology supplier come and beat the tender, they win the tender. Then what they can do is that they get all the money from uh, from building the plant, and also the government will send the food waste to them. Okay. So in that case, that means all paid by the government. So that's not a fair competition between the one who invests the money to build the feed production from food waste compared to the one that built by the government, that means the biological treatment plant. So I think the government policy on that should change. That means right at the beginning, the collection will pay by the government. And then after that, they can bid for tender to build the facility, and then they operate. But based on what? Based on the tonnage they treat, rather than based on the lump sum of money paid by the government. Uh, it, but the, the government can't really win in the situation you're talking about. You're saying it's not fair if they do build plants and they do uh, fund plants, but it's not fair if they don't. Yes, I would say so. That, that, well, that it's a really unfair game because you, the government basically is uh, paying the game against those investors who pay by themselves to build a pond and then treat the food waste and convert into the feed. But you're not being fair to the government, are you? No, I don't think so. Because uh, the government, right at the beginning, need to pay this amount of uh, money for treating the waste. But now, the recycler who are interested in that, they can bid for the tender and say, I can, I, I, if the government pay me uh, $2,000 or $1,000 for a ton of food waste, uh, that they cheat. Then in that case, they can do everything and come into the feed and not go to the landfill side. Then that is fair for the government because why? The government may be paying less than before they go for the landfill side. The reason why is that it's a market price. Uh, people will think about how much money I need in order to get a, a viable business. And then they ask for the tonnage, uh, how much the cost for which tonnage they cheat. Then the government pay for it. In that case, originally, public government pay for $2,800 per ton going to the landfill. Now they may pay only 2000 The government save the money. So it's a win-win situation. Okay, um, Alan Wong, your vice chairman of the Hong Kong Scrap Plastics Association. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, plastic recycling is facing uh, particular problems at the moment. Um, can you tell us some more about that? 
yes, uh, the the plastic is more com- uh, complicated when you uh, compare with recycling paper and food waste because uh, plastic has a lot of different grades. We cannot recycling without sorting it. We have need to sort it out. Uh, so soft plastic and then the hard plastic, there's many categories. And also the plastic weighs really light and it costs a lot of trans- transportation costs. And therefore, uh, the cost of recycling them is a lot higher than the other grades. So this makes a major difference around the world industry. Plus, new plastic is very cheap at the moment. Yes, mm. uh, the new plastic is really cheap, and you can see from the oil price. Mm. Because yes, of course, because uh, plastic is made uh, from uh, oil essentially, yes. and the oil price is low. So, so I mean, is that putting a particular strain on the plastic recycling business? If people can just buy, buy, you know, or import uh, newly made plastic, and it costs less than recycled plastic, then you know, w- w- what effect is that having on the recycling industry? Yes, that, that's correct. This has been uh, the, 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 the case for, for, for decades. So, so countries like Europe are encouraging uh, uh, by circular economy and putting policy that you need to insert some recycled plastic in your products. Otherwise, you cannot sell in a European country. But in Hong Kong, there's no such uh, policy. And people will just buy new plastic. And the cost of recycling plastic is plus the quality of the recycled plastic is lower than the new plastic and the cost is so high so nobody buys the recycled plastic and this is a devastating um, uh, effect on the recycling industry, especially in Hong Kong. Mm. What about the industry in Hong Kong? How much of what you deal with is from Hong Kong and how much is brought in? Majority of the, the plastic we are doing right now is what's uh, from uh, 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 other countries and the local collection is really low. Why, why is that? Why is it very the, the reason is that the cost of transportation is so high, as I've spoken, and, and the incentive of the public to recycle plastic and sorting them is really low. Even though you have the recycled bins in your housing uh, estate, but from our experience, the, the collected quantity may be only less than 0.1% of, your, of, of the whole community. So uh, it even costs a lot of cost of uh, transportation for our industry. So the local collection is really low compared with uh, 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 foreign countries. So does that, mean, does that mean it's cheaper for you to buy waste from uh, Indonesia than it is from buying it from Chungkwano or something? Uh, yes, uh, from, from Australia, from, from USA or from Europe is a lot cheaper than, than we collect from Hong Kong. That's very strange, isn't it? Yeah, that's strange. It's not reasonable because uh, uh, those countries have uh, the MSW charge. That means uh, you, if you dump your mm. trash, the government will 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 will, 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 will need you to pay yeah. for, for landfill, for incinerating. So people have the habit of sorting out to prevent being charged, and they have the habit to separate the uh, the rubbish. For example, even in China, in Shenzhen right now. Yesterday, they launched a policy that forcing, uh, they're making every people, every citizen, need to separate your rubbish. Otherwise, you will be fined of two hundred forty dollars if you find you're not separated. Hmm. So, uh, in Hong Kong, we don't have such a rule, so people don't have incentive to separate. Yeah, Ed- Edwin Lau is, is with us, Executive Director of the Green Earth. Miss Lau, good morning to you. Hello, good thanks morning, for, everyone. Thanks indeed for, for joining us. Uh, we've talked many times about municipal solid waste charges <laughs> in in Hong Kong. Uh, where are they? Now, um, the two 
problems that we are discussing this morning, the uh, food recycling plant and the plastic recycling industry getting shrink. And, and, and this mainly is we are not uh, having a very important policy, which is the uh, municipal solid waste charging policy that was kind of dropped that in the, in, uh, near the uh, end of the terms of the uh, Legislative Council uh, a couple of months ago. And when the uh, South China Reborn Resources, they set up the uh, food waste plant, they are expecting the government to have this uh, waste charging policy so that when the char- policy is in place, that people will uh, have the incentive to separate out the food waste for recycling, and that for recycling, there isn't any government charge. But for a waste dumping, there will be a charge so that people will uh, withdraw to uh, go for uh, recycling of the food waste, then the, the uh, food waste recycling company will have the feed stock for them to uh, run the business. Similarly, for waste plastic and other uh, waste material, there's no charge, so there's no drive for people to, well, we separate every day at our office, at our home, to uh, separate this uh, clean recyclable for putting into respective recycling bins for uh, recyclers to take away. And but now they just take it easy, way out, just the whole bag of garbage, including non-recyclable and recyclable, and dump it away, and there's no penalty at all. And the uh, another problem which uh, compound the, 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 the issue is that the government uh, uh, in 2018, they have uh, set up their own government-run uh, food waste recycling plant in Silver One. And then this plant is free of charge to provide food recycling service for the city in Hong Kong. So that, I mean, big hotels, big shopping malls will find, well, this one, a government-run operation, and it is free of charge. And government also uh, offers subsidies for these commercial operations to apply to offset their tra- uh, transportation costs to deliver food waste from their hotels to the government food waste plant. So that there is not a level playing field. By comparison, who would go for the uh, South China reborn resources for uh, recycling the food waste, where the other government one is totally free of charge. Both are operating the same uh, uh, similar functions to recycle food waste. So you can see in Hong Kong, we are in a very, I mean, unfavorable conditions for, I mean, privately run recycling business until and unless there's a uh, waste charging and producer responsibility legislation to be in place, then it will uh, change the, the, the entire situation. When we hear about the problems uh, encountered by the recycling industry, uh, for instance, uh, the closure of this plant at the Eco Park, um, do you think that undermines um, public confidence in the whole notion of recycling? Uh, certainly, this is one major impact. And the other uh, uh, impact that uh, making the public lose the confidence in our uh, recycling system is that uh, quite a few times that the media has found that the uh, clean, uh, well-sorted, uh, recyclable, uh, uh, say, the plastic bottle 
that they put into the recycling bin, and they do not end up in the proper recycling facilities, but they do, I mean, being sent to uh, a landfill, so that they just losing confidence and finding frustration that frustrated that why I do my uh, bit of extra work to clean the recycle and and take the troubles to put it in the recycling bin, but it doesn't end up in what we are what we want them to be in, and this things government really needs to act to regain the confidence, public confidence in our recycling system. If they are not doing this work, then uh, I see no really hope for Hong Kong to have a uh, green uh, circular economy to be, I mean, blossom uh, in our city. But while a senior government official always claim that, well, we could have a uh, uh, economy, green economy as uh, one of the pillars in our economic I mean, activities. It's, don't just say it. Do it. <laughs> the, 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 the waste charge is, is that was passed through LegCo, that's right, in 2018? Uh, so what's, it, what, it, where's it, it at now? It, it, it hasn't get passed in the LegCo in, in, in uh, the last year, but uh, it, it, it was kind of a uh, uh, the legislature, some of the legislators say that oh, there is not enough time for them to discuss the uh, draft okay. legislation so that they just stop, uh, continue debating that, and then it, it just uh, abruptly uh, end there. And so it's held up in Let's Go? Yes, kind of held up, held up. So we hope that the government will. I mean, when the uh, the new term of the uh, extended legislature Later, uh, council will start say in in, in in October. I hope they will very soon. Uh, we introduce the uh, MSW charging uh, draft bill to the electrical for getting them to debate and approve, so that we can have a real important uh, legislation to drive many things that really dependent on this. Uh, uh, I would say is a. Uh, locomotive uh, legislation for other uh, waste-related uh, 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 um, activities. Okay. Uh, Professor Wong, I know you've got to go in, in, in a few minutes, but um, when it comes to um, um, food waste, uh, do you think that the public's kind of interest, the public spirit, the public understanding is there? Uh, or is it all, you know, is it all down to sort of failures of the administration, or do you think that there's something the no, community would, should be doing? I would say there's a lot of education already, but the point is that there's no incentive in doing it. And also the system now is not really uh, can enhance the incentive. So I would say that waste charging and then mandatory waste separation audience is really important. That gives them uh, some kind of uh, compulsory action for the public. But in the same time, the government needs to look in different type of recyclable. Their market their economic calculation will be different. For example, food waste, even you have waste charging, that's not enough in a pool, uh, sufficient to support the handling. So then in that case, the government needs to chip in to get their part to pay for it. Then the recycler 
who are investing in the facility will be able to survive. And at the same time, I think there should be, as Evan said, we need to have a level playing ground for those government facilities and this uh, privately owned uh, uh, facility. So I think the government need to think uh, really seriously about the PPP model so that the public and private participation. So in that case, they can allow them to invest in the same time and compete with those facilities built by the government. Do you think uh, the uh, the whole attitude towards uh, recycling from the authorities needs to change a little bit? I mean, we're talking about uh, the impact on the environment, landfills filling up and what have you. I mean, it could be argued that uh, recycling should be a public service as much as expecting it to be run as a business. A hundred percent like that. But however, even though it's a public facility, but we still have some kind of private-public participation so that we can enhance the efficiency. If you follow the government step in building the uh, waste recycling plant, that may take 10, 20 years. That's too slow. So what we need is we get the private sector to come in, the government pay for the action so that more people can participate, more private sector can participate, and then can get the solution faster rather than we build one food waste recycling plant taking five to ten years. If you need to build five, it will be around 50 years. That's too slow. Okay, well, Professor Jonathan Wong, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you. Head of the Department of Biology at the Baptist University. We're going to continue the discussion after the weather and the news at uh, 9 o'clock. And later we're also going to be talking about the future of uh, Uber uh, in Hong Kong. That's after they uh, lost their uh, latest case. That's the car hailing, car, car hailing app. Um, the drivers have lost their appeal for carrying passengers without a, a, a car hire permit. What are the uh, implications of that? We're going to be joined by uh, Hung Wing Tat uh, later in the programme. And a reminder that tomorrow we're going to be talking about the uh, vexed issue of the separation of powers with uh, Regina Yip. And uh, others, uh, we hope, as ever, we want to hear from you. Uh, go to our email, go to our Facebook page, or email backchat at rthk.hk with your questions and, of course, uh, any comments. Uh, as well. The weather now before the news. It's going to be mainly cloudy today. Relatively low visibility at first, then very hot with sunny periods and a couple of showers during the day. Temperatures up to 34 degrees, 30 degrees now, humidity 84%. Rain and powerful winds are battering South Korea as Typhoon Maysak works its way up from the island of Jeju towards the country's second largest city, Busan. The authorities are warning of flooding and potential mudslides as the storm hits the mainland. Meanwhile, the Japanese Coast Guard is looking for a cargo ship carrying livestock and dozens of crew members that went missing after issuing a distress signal. Japan's public broadcaster NHK said the vessel sent a distress call from the East China Sea as it was on its way to China from Napier in New Zealand. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back to Bank Chat this Thursday morning with Jim Gould and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking now about uh, recycling, about problems facing the recycling industry uh, in Hong Kong. And uh, later we're going to be talking about problems facing uh, Uber uh, in Hong Kong, how they're having lost their latest uh, court case. If you've got any thoughts on either of those topics or anything else that's on your mind, please share it by emailing backchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages. Uh, or you can call 233-88266 or you can go to our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. But uh, first of all, we have a caller on the line, Ling. Good morning. Uh, good morning, host. Um, thank you for reminding you have a couple of uh, topics today. Then can I group put in this way? I group one thing. The um, exploration of career path and work 
category is too narrow in Hong Kong, not just the tax. For example, um, for example, we're talking about the testing and also um, Uber. What I ask, I sometimes talk to the uh, taxi driver when I, I use the service. I ask them why they do the job. They said, I, I do not know what are the jobs. So when I quit from the first career, taxi driver is one of the way and only way. So um, in... From my experience, I have some other places who have a lot of private cars, but they no longer want to bear it or want to share the resources to other people. They have a car rent service. Mm. Yeah. So in Hong Kong, everybody just stand, there, stand, stand on their own and have their small capital. They can do very, very little. And this is not sustainable. For example, even more Uber is even more competitive. For example, in these days, nobody go out. More Uber. They just try to waste their time and have to bear the cost. Uh, so, so, so you're a supporter of the Uber service? Um, I support as long as the market size and also it is really... Um, I, I say eco-friendly. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we, we'll be yes, we'll be moving on to uh, Uber um, um, later on in the program. Actually, um, I mean, yeah. um, so you may explore it, but the things that like what I say, what a man can do. For example, in the whole testing uh, area, we I'm more interested in the workflow design, so I look some more specific one to share today. Two points: one is about the gloves. That is medical disposal. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is about the logistic and the data. Data analysis is, is coming up and attention, but they could, could not raise more people to enter in this field and train more people that they have to enter this field to widen their career path, I, not just taxi driver. Okay. Okay. And for example, now I hesitate not to go to go to test is the method. You use the deep uh, action to my throat. It's not easy. And how many can you take? I'm not sure. But using the deep throat saliva or other ways, you make sure that it is comfortable and you can collect the optimal data to collect the test. Mm. I think most people who've taken the test have said it's not yeah. it's not it's not particularly uh, uncomfortable. Uh, that seems to be the general uh, reaction. But 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 let me ask you, and Ling. Also, uh, do, do you, could, could, could I could I ask you? Do, do you have anything to add about uh, today's uh, other main uh, topic, which is uh, the recycling industry that we're, that we're still currently talking about? Yeah. Another thing is that the workflow and the uh, recycle and also reduce the waste mm. is the first thing. If every time you dispose a pair of gloves. You have to think about how to do it. But if you adjust the workflow, like I am confident, if you use a video or other things, I can confident to do the um, collecting sample by myself. Mm. So all I have to do is enter the center, clean my, make sure that clean my hand, and then you give me the tool, and then I do it, and then I pass it to the staff. Mm. So at this moment, the fourth day, all I urge is that the expertise and the government review the procedures and the results of the um, 
test altogether. Okay. okay, got it. Well, well, obviously, we'll be doing a lot more on on the on the testing program uh, in the yep. coming programs. Um, thank you very much for your uh, call, Link. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple of emails. Uh, Jay says, "I would like to see the government do some serious prosecutions against fly tipping." Uh, Ever since C.Y. Lung and Carrie Lam came to power, the fly-tipping in the New Territories is a disgrace, and it's still there. Australia has special machines and factories to crush concrete, but a third-world country like Hong Kong can't do that sort of thing. It's about time that the universities, the reclamation companies, the power companies, the sewage works, the water supplies cannot all get together and work out the highly productive system. That's from uh, David. On elec electric office waste, Rick says, I've been trying for years, but no one is interested. And uh, Richard II has a particular question that Edwin Lau um, uh, from uh, the Green Earth, perhaps you could address. Uh, Richard says, uh, for one incomprehensible thing I've noticed is that the recycling materials placed in separate bins are taken out and dumped together uh, in the back of one garbage truck along with all the unrecyclable household waste. The contractors who do the refuse disposal seem to be uninterested in getting their staff to keep the recyclables from the other waste. This is completely demoralising to anyone who might be trying to separate waste at source. For food recycling, can the government create a, sp a separate system for collecting food waste? In my village, there are mounds of junk all mixed together every morning because it seems there is no interest by the contractor in processing the separated waste. It's not the government that collects waste, it's the private contractors who are going to do the cheapest thing, put everything together into one truck and dump it. That is from Richard. Uh, Edwin Lau, a lot of people will say that. They just see separated waste going into the back of a truck all mixed in together. Even the recycler uh, did not find it uh, uh, profitable to, say, collect uh, the, mainly the, the plastic scraps. Uh, the cost for collection is too high, and then the resale value of those uh, scrap plastic is too low, so they cannot make a profit. Private recycler is just like any business entity, so that if they don't see any profit in doing that, uh, uh, the business, they just ignore it so that uh, uh, they, they just let the, the uh, waste uh, harvest to uh, mix them up and, and take it away. Now, in the past, in the very long term, in the past, that uh, recycled uh, uh, plastic uh, has certain value. And uh, paper, the value is much higher than today. So that the uh, cleanness of every housing estate or commercial building will well separate those, uh, put it aside, and then they, they take them to the uh, recycling shop to sell it for money as uh, add a little bit of uh, additional income. So that there is a financial incentive to drive them to do it. But now as the uh, price is dropped so low that there isn't any incentive. So they, I mean, they good-hearted people uh, above the, 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 the fact just doing the separation and then put it in that the caretakers, the cleaners will, won't, won't bother because they can sell no money and just let waste or take it uh, a, a back away to, to dump it. So this is, that's why I said earlier that the waste charging policy is very important. When they see the waste charging policy in place and you dump a bag of garbage, you will be paying government certain amount of money. Then for recycling, you don't need to pay the government any money. Then what will a resident think?
simply go for recycling and try to minimize the back of waste so that you could reduce your uh, your your payout to the government. Simple, I mean, economic uh, uh, kind of uh, theory, but the government hasn't got the uh, recharging uh, enacted. This is on the, I mean, the responsibility of the government because the law must be, I mean, uh, made by the government, not by any NGO or commercial entity. Alan Wong, um, given uh, everything that we've heard this morning, uh, uh, what can we, uh, as uh, members of the public, individuals, environmentally minded uh, individuals, what can we do to help the recycling industry? Alan Wong? I think we might have lost uh, Alan, Alan Wong, was the vice chairman of the Hong Kong Scrap Plastics Association, who was um, w- with us uh, earlier. I think, uh, I think we may have lost him. Um, um, Edwin Lau, what can we do to help as individual members of the public? Now, uh, besides what I just said, the uh, legislation is important and the uh, further the public education to the general public of the, I mean, the uh, detrimental effects of these uh, different kinds of waste, you know, whether food waste or plastic waste, and end up with different kinds of plastic pollutions to our land and to our nature in the marine environment. All this should be, I mean, always regularly, I mean, uh, air in different types of media to make the public well aware of the uh, environmental impact that if we do not do well in our waste reductions, uh, sorting and recycling, then this will somehow, through the food chains, end up in our own stomach that will hurt the uh, public health. If people, uh, more of the general public, uh, aware about this, then no one will want it to have their own uh, health getting uh, getting affected. So they would start changing their behavior, their habits to okay, reduce the single-use uh, item. Uh, Many their single-use uh, plastic item, especially during the COVID time that uh, they take away food, uh, take away drinks, a lot of uh, the uh, lunch balls made by styrofoam, uh, plastic cutlery. Those, when I uh, go to the beach, to the countryside to do to, to, to inspection, I saw on, on, on the beaches, so there are many of these single-use plastic waste, and they somehow will be uh, end up in our oceans, and then for all the time, they would disintegrate and become microplastic. Then it is uh, an even more difficult uh, problems uh, for us to deal with. So, education to the general public is also as important as having legislation. And for the commercial sector, they should really have their uh, uphold their environmental responsibilities to, I mean, better design the product and to uh, reduce the single-use product, change to uh, durable one, uh, long-term use, and then having a system to be built by themselves to recover their end-of-life product and their packaging waste, which is a lot today. In Hong Kong, I mean, our single-use plastic waste accounted for about uh, 53% of the total plastic waste that we dump into our landfill every day. So it is very undesirable. We should not use that much single.
floods in the city, we are wanting to really, I mean, reduce our environmental damages to the environment. OK, thanks, Hugh. Thanks uh, very much to uh, Edwin Lau, Executive Director of the Green Earth. Um, and now we're going to move on to our uh, second topic today. We're talking about um, the future of Uber in Hong Kong. And we have with us uh, on the line uh, Hong Wing Tat, uh, who is... Hello, a, good morning. Good, mo- good morning, Hong Wing Tat. Uh, you're you're a, a transport uh, expert and a chairman of the Hong Kong Taxi Council. Um, how are you today? Um, 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 w- what's your response to, uh, to Uber um, losing this, uh, the, or the Uber drivers, the group of Uber drivers, uh, losing their appeal um, against their uh, convictions for uh, driving without uh, proper licenses, operating clear. without a proper license. Yeah, mm? I think you can you can hear that the um, final court of appeal, the, the panel of judges, uh, actually ruled down that there's no ground for the um, for the appeal at all. Uh, so they didn't actually wait for the government to respond. Mm. <clears throat> um, they already passed down the judgment. Well, although the uh, actual word that would come out uh, later. I mean, the law um, is very clear. It is under the Cap 37452 um, section. There's nobody should allow a vehicle without a permit to take a passenger for a reward or allow when our vehicle for taking passenger for a reward. So in, in Uber's case, it is not actually Uber, I think. Uh, Uber may not be in the party of the uh, court case. It is the uh, 28 um, driver uh, uh, yeah. car. Yeah. To take a passenger. Yeah. 24 involved in the appeal, yeah. yeah. So it is very clear. That is why I, uh, the result is expected. I, I think it, you have to think about the implication of the, uh, if the appeal is allowed. It means that over 600,000 vehicles would suddenly be in, can be engaged in commercial activities by taking passengers for a reward. So the, the implication is huge. The law definitely has um, catered for that sort of situation, not allow ordinary private cars or lorries to take passengers for a reward. For over the years, nearly a 100 years of the existence of the taxi, actually they're constantly have all these uh, illegal vehicles taking passengers. Um, the law has been changed for a number of times and we settled down to have two type of vehicles which are allowed to take passengers for a reward. That is a taxi or a hire car. Mm-hmm. A hire car permit that is the Uber always pass on and that is the only way out for any other vehicles different from a taxi to take passengers for a reward. Um, the, the Uber has said it wants talks uh, with the government um, to try to find a solution. I mean, can you see any way forward, or is, or is this the end of the line Uber for them? I doesn't really know the, the, the sort of practice in the government.
government. Government would not talk to individual company to to change the law to suit the individual companies. That is unthinkable. You think about so many companies, much bigger than Uber in Hong Kong. How can the government cope with all these companies if that can be a precedent case? So if you take, for example, of uh, other companies, say the the uh, electric companies, uh, uh, electric car company, which also a very big one, uh, come to Hong Kong, they never would go and force the government to talk to them because of the investment. I mean, this is not the way to go. As a as a uh, investor, you would work within the law, the local law framework, and then you create the demand. And if the demands come from the the community, then the government has to cater for the demand. If you say that, look, the demand in the community is that um, they, uh, somebody wants. I think I think uh, I think the point is that that uh, the, the people will claim that the government is not responding to the demand in the community. The industry is not responding to the demand of the community because of vested interests. Yeah, Andrew Kay, well, okay, here's an, here's an email from Andrew Kay, who says the question is not about Uber. Rather, can the existing taxi operators be compelled to comply with the terms of their permits? Why do we have red, blue, and green taxes? Who are the principal owners of taxi licenses? Is there a cartel? I mean. You know, an outsider might say, look at the kind of arrangements we have in Hong Kong with, say, things like the red, blue and green taxes, the the age of the taxi drivers, the age of the taxes, the service that they offer, uh, and so on. It's in dire need of reform, but the re- yeah, uh, to I, reflect I the needs there, of the community. But that's not, that's not coming. That's not coming. That's not happening because of the vested interests. And you need Uber to come in and shake no, it up and say, what any, do you want? Any... We will provide it. I don't think it is a sort of vested interest in the part of the government. The government should reveal how to cater for all passenger demands. I would admit that there would be a passenger demand apart from taxi vehicles. That is why the law has already allowed for a higher car permit for cater for that sort of demand. Okay? So the proper way is to reveal that particular law allowing the higher car permit to cater for this demand or relax the taxi uh, restrictions. If the taxi um, is allowed, the crucial thing is, if the taxi is allowed to fix its own fare and then not using a sort of standard design of a taxi, then the taxi can have various priorities. So the main thing the government has to view is that they can't allow indefinite number of vehicles, commercial vehicles, taking passengers. I mean, let's take a very simple example, just paying, paying a taxi driver. You've got to pay in cash. You can't even pay by octopus, let alone any of the other other myriad ways of... The similar app, for SINCAP, you can type in. For Hong Kong Taxi, you can type in... All these apps are very common in Hong Kong. They all take non-cash transactions. You can use the same sort of thing uh, used in Uber. There's called XAB Taxi app as well. As I said, there's two directions to go. One would be to review the high car permit to take all this... Um, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, when Another you say higher car, when you say higher car, you mean 
people hiring a car to drive it? Like no, there's a there's a, uh, a permit called hire car permit, which is an ordinary. You can be an ordinary private car, but then you have to apply for a permit yeah. to take passengers okay. for and, a reward. And how so e- there's, there's yeah. something there, and then another. Direction why why can't so Uber drivers get that? Yeah, they can get that. They just they're not willing to do it because there are restrictions. The the sort of high car permit. There are four restrictions. Mm-hmm. One the one is that uh, you have to be a sort of grand car. Uh, the it has to be a new car with a value of four hundred thousand or above value. Like a limo so it or is something. A grand car. It is not this sort of. Um, ordinary car as a taxi. So they, they deliberately uh, separate the two. So one is for upper market, higher sort of um, service uh, market. That is what the Uber is aiming for. So Uber can be legal if they just buy up this um, high car permit, but they are not willing to invest. And then they are just forcing the. How much the are are they expensive? These high car permits? No, they doesn't cost any money. This okay. Is just the the vehicles requirement, uh, and but, also uh, there's a demand requirement. There's also a record of the journey requirement. And Uber is not willing to comply with the law. That is the the problem. And they're not willing to invest in real money. You buy the car. But Uber, Uber doesn't own the cars, does it? I mean, that's, that's yeah, up they, to the they're not willing to own the cars, and they're not willing to... They know that if the car is that value, the driver would not be willing to join their scheme. It is very simple. The, the targeted driver is not so-called shared economy. All the drivers are poor drivers. They buy second-hand cars to run all this, driver, all this uh, Uber business. So it is totally different. I mean, if Uber is willing to invest, why not buy a good car and then hire the driver and do it? And that, that is their business model. They want to have a minimal requirement but maximum profit. That is the problem of Uber in Hong Kong. Okay, uh, here's a here's a question from uh, Phil B or an observation from Phil B, and uh, you can uh, respond, um, uh, Hong Lee Tet, as you as you wish. Phil B says the taxi trade are a mafia, and the government is scared of them. That comes from Phil B. Hong I I I want to uh, remind people who have such a impression, which is a wrong impression, because if you look at the statistics, over seventy percent a single. Car, single taxi owners. So all this 70% taxes, they may be just uh, somebody retire and buy a, a uh, taxi license for a better return of their money. And they may be just owner driver. All this majority, I can say, would be just a uh, self-employed people. So how can they be a mafia? What they're talking about is just a few large companies. Uh, when we say large company, they only own a maximum of 600 taxi licenses out of the 18,000 licenses. If you look at the percentages, less than 2% of these people, I mean this company in the whole trade, 
The problem is the um, the they are all individuals. So when when these taxi train people come to respond, they uh, seem to be the bigger company who can afford time and effort to do something and respond, but they are not educated people. Okay. Most of them are not organized at all. So their response is not as good as Uber. Hiring a billion contract pub, uh, publicity agent for them to do things. Okay. So that is the difference. Right. They still wouldn't come on this program, however much they paid for their publicity, although we tried to get them uh, to come on. Hong Wing Tap, we're very grateful to you. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Chairman of the Hong Kong uh, Taxi Council. Uh, a couple more comments to uh, finish off. Uh, Jay, uh, first of all, uh, on the subject of uh, back to uh, recycling. Uh, first, you need to make the government aware the government need to design systems that are idiot-proof and foolproof. Then the public will fit into place. If the plastic isn't sorted, why not? If the bins aren't big enough, why not? If the contractors are mixing things together, why is this? This may be a public problem, but it's a management problem first. And Jay says the government needs to standardise the bins with good wheels on them, easily put on the lorry, easy access. Instead, we have contractors. We have unpractical bins that overflow. So we have a lack of bins. That's why we get overflow. Again, it's government management. If the government management was good and the facilities were good and the contractor was using standardised equipment, the poor old workers would have an easier job. Those observations. Uh, from Jay and finally John in Sai Kung says, even when we separate waste, we know that the cleaners combine the recycling and the general waste, sending it to landfills. And there's a report uh, from HK01, uh, plastic bottle waste from public housing estate recycling bins were tracked. Uh, and uh, many ended up in the landfill. That observation from uh, John in Sai Kung. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, just a couple more comments to uh, finish off the programme. Today, Paul Zimmerman says the main inefficiency in our system is when it comes to waste is logistics. With every waste and recyclable material type being handled by different government agencies and different operators. This results in overlapping networks and routes of vehicle movements. Taking one example, refuse at a refuse collection point is picked up by the FEHD contractor. The recycling bins at the RCP are cleared by the EPD contractor. The glass, the glass bins are emptied by yet another contractor. Any renovation waste dumped next to the RCP are collected by a contractor of the lands department or other agency, depending on the site maintenance responsibility. The cleaning of the area nearby is handled by another FEHD contractor. Penalties for dumping or fly-tipping next to or placing the wrong materials inside the RCP are handled by different agencies. A first beginning to resolving these overlaps has to be made at the top by integrating the refuse handling, street cleaning and enforcement resources and facilities together with the EPD, responsibilities and resources for waste handling landfilling and recycling facilities into one waste authority next the agency can consolidate logistics and arrange sorting centres at strategic locations and address inconsistencies in charging and penalty schemes that's from uh, Paul Zimmerman Colin says Hong Kong is stuck in the dark ages, protecting the holders of the very expensive taxi licences cronyism. What happened to innovation? Hong Kong taxi services of poor quality with drivers driving long hours to make a living. Change is required. This is one area where we need Beijing to intervene. China enjoys the benefits of car sharing apps. Long live Uber, 
grab etc that is the view of colin thank you very much indeed for that that's it for uh today's program jim many thanks to you thank the you. weather many cloudy uh, relatively low visibility at first it's going to be hot once again temperatures up to 34 degrees with some isolated thunderstorms around later that looks still very hot apart from isolated showers tomorrow sunny intervals and a few showers during the weekend and early next week there's a very hot weather warning now 30 celsius relative humidities at 82 percent our hands often touch public items covered with viruses and bacteria. When we touch our eyes, nose or mouth, the pathogens can enter the body. Health is in our hands. To prevent infection, follow the seven hand cleaning steps. Rub hands for 20 seconds. Rinse thoroughly. Dry with a clean cloth or paper towel. If you can't wash your hands and they aren't visibly soiled, use an alcohol-based hand rub. What if our hands get dirty again? Clean them properly. 9.33, the news with Samantha Butler. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, has refused to confirm if there are any preliminary positives in its COVID-19 universal testing program, saying samples need to be double-checked. She told an RTHK radio program that so far 49 samples had been tested and more than 820,000 people had so far signed up for the testing scheme. There's been international condemnation of what German experts say was the use of a military-grade nerve agent to poison the prominent Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel said only the Russian government could explain how Mr Navalny had come into contact with the Novichok agent. And heavy rain and powerful winds are battering South Korea as Typhoon Maysak works its way up from the island of Jeju towards the country's second largest city, Busan. The authorities are warning of flooding and potential mudslides as Maysak hits the mainland. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you too. How are you doing? Excellent. Good morning. Good morning. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. How are you? Good morning, Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. morning. Good day and welcome to Thursday, a bonanza. Apparently, all the way through until one o'clock, I'm Phil Whelan. Well, as it is Thursday, and if you're American, happy National Welsh Rabbit Day. Yeah. We'll supply the cheese, but very likely no toast. At 10.10, with commentator Steve Vines. He's